to the Fatherful Podcast. Welcome to the relaunch of the Fatherful Podcast. My name is Brian Gable, also known as Papa Gable, and I'll talk about that in a few more moments. This is my friend, John Bentley. I'm going to uh, introduce him fully here in just a moment, but wanted to... uh, First of all, introduce myself, just kind of some things about me and some things that are in my heart and the very reason for this podcast. So uh, I'm a Christ follower, first of all, love God with all of my heart, thankful that he loves me. I'm a husband, have a beautiful wife, uh, I have a beautiful family. So I'm a dad and I'm currently a foster dad, uh, evidently like kids a whole lot. So uh, there's that. But, you know, a friend of mine last year sometime, he asked me a question uh, about what did, you know, when I die, what would I want to be known for? And I I answered the question more quickly than I expected to, but uh, what came out of my mouth impacted even me. And I said, you know, I want to be known for how fiercely I love people. So, you know, if when they read my eulogy, I want it to be that Brian loved people fiercely. He loved them passionately. He believed in them. And so that's that's part of the premise of the podcast. It is called Fatherful. Uh, the big idea here is that we are moving from, as followers of Jesus, from being fatherless uh, to fatherful. The Bible talks a lot about we're no longer orphans and that kind of thing. And I don't want to imply that we don't have a father now because we do. Uh, And he is a kind and generous father to us. Um, Best thing that's ever happened to me. But in the real world, in the natural that we live in on planet Earth here, uh, many of us came to Christianity with father wounds. Or you've heard it called daddy issues. A lot of things you could uh, call it there. But we, we come to our Christianity with those holes in us. And John and I were discussing this before we launched into the show. We have these wounds in our soul and our mind and our will and our emotions where we, we need the love of a heavenly father to heal us and to help us grow, and to help us mature. And so some things I'm drawn to particularly are the book of Ephesians and Ephesians chapter four specifically talks about how that in Christ, uh, first of all, Jesus gave gifts into the body of Christ for our growth and our maturity. And I don't really want to get deep into that particular chapter, but just highlight the fact that we are designed, God in the body desires that we grow, that we mature, and that we, even as the, the church at large, not just the local church that you may attend, but the church of Jesus across the planet that we are growing toward maturity in our faith and in the knowledge of Jesus. So go read that if you you got questions about it, and I'm sure I'll reference it again in the future, but it's about maturity. It's about our growth. And then there's another verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 where Paul is, obviously he is writing this letter to the Corinthian church, and I want to read just an excerpt from the Bible here of something he says that really to me sets the tone of what I want to accomplish when I talk about fatherful uh, and moving from fatherless to fatherful. Um, I think this sums it up my heart and what God's put in my heart to, for this to be about. So it's first Corinthians chapter four, verse 14. I'm reading this off of my phone uh, in my Bible app here. And Paul says, I do not write these things to shame you. But as my beloved children, I warn you, for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I've begotten you through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. For this reason, I've sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. And so he's talking about that uh, there are not many fathers. When he looks out across the, the horizon of 
the church and and you know keep in mind he was one of the founding fathers so to speak of the church and he looks out over the landscape of the church as it's being uh, still inaugurated and he says there's not many fathers and, and then and there's that ancient prophecy from Malachi where he prophesied that the spirit of Elijah would come and when he when he did that it would the hearts of the fathers would turn to the children and the hearts of the children would turn to the fathers. And I believe with all my heart that we are in that season of planet earth. I believe that God is doing a work where children are going to grow a respect for their fathers and fathers are going to grow a respect for their children. Now, that being said, unfortunately, there is a, uh, a pandemic of fatherlessness you know, we're right now as we're recording this podcast, we're still in the, the end throes of a pandemic in our culture, but really uh, an even deeper pandemic is the, the fatherlessness that we see, uh, not just in the United States, but in, uh, in across the world. It's a really big problem. And John and I are going to talk about this. I promise I'm going to introduce him. Uh, I've just uh, just got a lot of things to say. You know, when we look at what the Word of God teaches, one of the things that we can that extract from the Word of God is that we often attach to our Father in Heaven the experience that we've had with our earthly father. So if you had a great earthly father, chances are that you, it's been easier for you to connect with our Father God. However, if you had a deficit, and that's John, John and I, we share that in common. Uh, that's, that's one thing we definitely have talked a lot about, uh, and among uh, many other things. But when you come to Christianity with a, with a deficit, there is this, this filter that goes over connecting with God, where that we have, we struggle. And, and I'll just give you a little snippet of my experience I heard a guy say one day, a Bible teacher, God is the kindest person you've ever met. And I was like, well, I've heard that before, but the way he said it, it was like, God is kind? And it, it it was hard to digest. And if I'm being completely transparent, it took me months to digest that. It was so, um, so different than the the relationship with God that I that I'd had up until that point, and I don't think I had a bad relationship with God, but it just it took me deeper in understanding that God is a God. He is a God of love. He is a God of correction. But in, in whatever He's doing toward you and me, He is actually going to be kind. It's the kindness of God, the Bible says, that leads us to repentance. And, and I'll give you the BKG translation, and that's me, BKG, uh, by the way. Um, it's the kindness of God that leads us to change. It's, so you think about that. Often I thought that God's heavy hand, his stern demeanor toward me would be what would change me. But it wasn't that at all. It was actually his love and his kindness. And when I started accepting that, then he wasn't mad at me. And I thought he was mad at me all the time because I, you know, I'm human and I've screwed up a lot of things, John. How about you? Yes, sir. <laughs> I, I wouldn't ask him that or put him on the spot. We've just talked about this so much. And um, so anyway, that's the premise. That's the big idea for Fatherful. I plan on having guests that speak to this issue. I've already got some lined up that I've been having conversations with that are going to come on and they're going to teach you, teach me, the audience, about things that we we would have loved to have learned from our earthly fathers, but also things that we can learn about our heavenly father. Because uh, for many of us, we may never have a relationship with our earthly father that is as it should be, but I can guarantee you this, we can have uh, every bit of relationship with God that we're willing to dive into. He he promised as we draw close to him, he would draw close to us. 
So this is my friend, John Bentley. Uh, I met John, um, actually, first of all, through Facebook. That's right. We have a bunch of mutual friends, and he was doing some leadership training and, and the things that he does. And I, I reached out to him and just connected with him on Facebook. Well, I, he was somebody I wanted to get to know. And we, we had some conversations back and forth and like Facebook Messenger and whatnot. And literally, I'm in a restaurant with my son one day, and this this guy walks in the the, the fast food restaurant, uh, and I'm like, "That's John Bentley, I think." And so, so I, I've told this, I've told people this, but I had my phone up, looking at him, comparing, "Is that John?" Because I'd never met him in person, and uh, I just felt like God set that up. And so, from that day, we have literally just had conversation after conversation, uh, rich, deep conversations. As a matter of fact, uh, we are in the, uh, in making plans right now to launch our own show. Uh, aside from, I'm, I'm doing the Fatherful podcast, but we're launching what's called the JB and the Papa G show. Um, and I, it's kind of, this is funny to me, John, because um I don't know which one of us that they'll think's Papa, you know, when they look at us. Uh, so anyway, uh, so John Bentley, he, um, incredible man. Um, I've actually had the privilege of sitting in with him as he, as he did training uh, in a, in a um, business t- slash corporate type setting. And John is a, just, a, in my opinion, just so skilled at diving into emotional intelligence to understanding personalities, um, and particularly helping you gain self-control. And that's one of the things that's just close to his heart. And I'm going to let him tell his story, but that that's part of his story, just getting control of his own emotions and how he's matured as a believer. And so John's the kind of guy that empowers leaders. I consider him to be, yes, a friend, but also a mentor and he's a, you know, he's a uh, very humble guy too. I mean, you can't, you can't get this guy to be proud. I know he thinks he probably is, but everybody that I know that knows him, that one of the first things they'll say is, "John is such an authentic guy. John is such a, he's so transparent. He's so humble in how he deals with people, and just has the ability to challenge, um, challenge you, and draw out of you." just incredible things. Um, and he, and one of the things that he's very good at is, uh, teaching you how to take the challenging parts of your character. Cause we all have those. Yes. We all have challenging parts of our character where we wish we were different. We wish we could, we wish we had a different personality. We wish we were different at this. Not everybody's going to resonate with that, but that's where I've lived many times. And John's just really great at, helping you appreciate who you, who God made you to be and then use that for God's glory. So, um, John, you've got your own story about uh, father issues. So I'm going to let you just share with that. But thank you for being here. And, man, I'm excited about all that's ahead of us. So. Well, thank you, Brian. It's just an honor to, to, to do life with you and to grow in life. And actually, the way I like to say it is, you know, God brought us together, and through that, there's going to be times that he's going to reveal unchristlikeness in us through our relationship, Right. and what I love is because that we care about each other, and we know God's at the center of our relationship, that we see that as an opportunity for him to transform us more into the likeness of Christ, so that we can represent him more in the world, because I I, I love what you said about uh, God giving me the ability to help people challenge themselves but do it in a way where I don't judge them. And that, mm-hmm. that is uh, been a journey for me. And, uh, you know, the way I'll say it with my father, he was a truck driver. He's gone five and a half days a week. So I had my mom and my grandmother as my examples. And my dad was a critical parent. So to me, the way I process as a child is I'm not good enough. It doesn't matter what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm not good enough. Well, my mom was the rescuer. So because she rescued, then it's like, well, you're not gonna let me do anything, but then my grandmother was a nurturer. She'd come alongside you, 
and she would help you see the greatness inside you. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine between those three parent figures, I was torn. But like you said earlier, dad didn't go to church. Dad didn't get mm -hmm. saved until he was almost 70. But mom would take us to these homes where we'd have meetings, and it was about the gospel. But all I heard was, if you don't do this, you're not going to heaven. You're going to hell. hell. And because I wasn't good enough, and I see this God that who, wow, I got to be perfect for him. I'm not even going to try. Mm -hmm. Not even going to try. And so it, it took a few years for me to start realizing who God really is. And I want to want to use a book here, one, one of my favorite verses. And this is from Miss June Hunt. And one of the chapters in this book, How to Handle Your Emotions, is a chapter on self-worth, discovering your God-given worth. And it's Ephesians 1, 4. So we're going back to good old Ephesians, right? He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. When I saw that word blameless, it shifted the way I thought about how God sees me. Mm -hmm. And then it was important for me to learn to accept that. And I know we'll get further in it, but that's really the introduction is that because I didn't see that I had self-worth, I had to be perfect. There's no need for me to seek God and his guidance because I can never meet his standards if I can't meet my dad's standards. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. <clears throat> I was reading this weekend about um, there's a, a dynamic in psychology they call shamelessness. Mm. And so basically it's where we, we continue destructive behaviors to actually cover up the, the pain that's in our heart. So we, we, we kind of, continue in a in that vicious cycle so that that well i'm glad you brought that up because what i found is i would go back and visit that pain because that was what i knew and what was comfortable to me and i had learned to exist in that and mask instead of allowing god to to use my gifts to serve him and mm -hmm. one of the things that when i went to a leadership program one time and we're sitting there and we're debriefing and it's my turn to, to, to go before the two facilitators and I just share I'm emotional I'm mentally blind I'm mentally blind I, why am I mentally blind and, and I, I'll never forget Dr. Ski we called him he said John you're not mentally blind he said if you can make sense of it in your mind and it makes you feel okay mm -hmm. you're good to go whether it's the truth or not he said you're emotionally blind and it hit me like a ton of bricks and so, so how you feeling now John well I really didn't know and, and I said, I don't know. You tell me. Yeah. He says, you're hurt. There's a hurt little boy inside you. And for the first time, I'm, I'm 37 years of age. No, no, I was 42, 42 years of age that I realized where my pain was coming from. And now because I was able to name it, they helped me to learn to tame it, to not push my emotions aside and ignore mm -hmm. them. But they, those emotions became data points for me to make decisions on. So versus me being the emotion now I notice how I feel and I can deal with it sooner. So it, it really helped me understand that uh, I helped that seven-year-old boy heal is what I did, that it had hurt for all those years. I don't know if that's making sense or not, but it really, really helped me tremendously going through that process. Well, I think it boils down to self-awareness. And I was actually talking to a friend of mine today about this topic. So that's interesting. And, you know, the people that become self-aware uh, statistically speaking, end up being the people that end up being more successful in business. Yeah, makes sense. There's a lot of research out there about that, and he was highlighting that to me. And so it, it comes down to being self-aware. There's a whole lot out there in the world about um, you kind of like, it's kind of like you bypass the emotions. You know, you don't pay attention to the emotions. And I disagree with that. I I, I don't think that we're to to act out of our what our emotions are leading us to a lot of times you think about when you get angry there's there's rarely a good reaction that comes out of anger rarely so but if i recognize the anger and i feel it i and i embrace the fact that i'm angry and then i choose the 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 reaction that i want to have as opposed to what the, what the emotions prompting me to do. So there's, there's that. Um, so what I'm hearing you say is you respond to 
the situation with the appropriate behavior versus allowing the emotion to cause you to react and your your behavior being destructive in some ways. Yes. And so, you know, that that's the way I was uh, as a child because I didn't know how to process. You know, what, what, what were we told as little little boys? You don't cry or I'll give you something to cry for. Right. So, yeah, you, you weren't allowed to to feel your emotions, to mm-hmm. share your emotions or be able to process and understand your emotions. And parents, that is one thing I would I would beg you to do is learn how to help your children process their emotions. If you don't know how to process yours, learn and then learn how to process your own emotions. Um, one of the big ahas for me at 31 years of age in the Air Force, I was leaving because they weren't promoting me fast enough, and they were giving us a $25,000 buyout. And Russell White, the most respected individual in the 1,200-person organization, pulled me aside and said, I want to share a life lesson with you before you leave in nine months. And he literally shook a Coke can, handed it to me, and asked me to open it. I said no. He wanted to know why not. Well, what's in the Coke? It'll spew all over me and you, and it'll be nasty and won't feel good. And he set it down, and he got truthful and kind with me. So truthfully, as he told me the facts, Mm-hmm. kind was he did it in a way that I could receive it and feel okay receiving it. Yeah. So if you're just truthful, you tell people what you think and it doesn't matter how they feel, you're just going to be right, punish and blame. And if you're just kind, you're going to skirt the issue. So he was truthful and kind. Here's what he said. He said, you're just like this Coke can shaking and pop and spew all over people and things don't go your way and you think you're right. He said, you got all the talent in the world, but until you learn to lead yourself, that self-control that you mentioned. Right. You'll never earn the right to lead others. So wh- whether you're in a formal leadership position, whether you're a teammate, whether you're a parent, whether you're in an organization or a brother or sister, you're a leader because your behavior influences people mm-hmm. either in a positive or negative way. So he also said you're going to struggle, be frustrated, and limit your opportunities for success. So that was the day that I, I, I made a promise to myself. And this is before I was I, – I, I was saved. I mean, I, I had tipped my – I had – Put my toe in the water to be saved, right? Just feel good, right. but I really, I really wasn't, I really wasn't living for God, and and I and I wanted to know why it's filed out of control, and that's when I started getting with people who, in every situation, no matter how tough it got, they always created an environment where people felt safe. Yeah. They were calm and confident, and what I come to find out is because they allowed the Holy Spirit to lead them in any and every situation. Yeah. And that's when I learned that, wow, this guy thinks real. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Holy Spirit resides in me. And, and, and Jesus said the Holy Spirit would reside in us and we would have power. But because I couldn't see it, feel it, and touch it, it just it didn't feel right. But I was lucky to have men in my life and women that God pursued me through them to help me get to where I am today. Yeah. So something that comes to mind as you say that, uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of frame a question here and let you talk into this. Yeah. But, you know, the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. We've talked about this recently. God has not given us a spear, fear, spirit of fear, excuse me, but a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline, self-control, depending on which translation you're reading. And so how do you think fear plays into our lack of self-control. Well, if, if I'm allowing fear to control me, I'm trying to be God in that situation and solve the problem. I'm trying to get into where, where I feel safe instead of knowing that no matter what the situation is, that God is in control and there's something for me to learn through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what, one of the biggest situations where I, I was fearful was when I was in Egypt one night, and, and this was a dumb decision I made. I decided to walk from my hotel to a place to where uh, Air Force and military members met, and I did it all on my own at night. Okay. And I got lost, and I got turned around. I literally had no clue where I was, and I wanted to run. But I don't know what came over me. Maybe I said a little prayer, but I just stopped and paused, took a deep breath, and said, okay, God, I, I've walked to this place in the daylight. I know how to get there. The only thing that's changed is it's dark, and I've become fearful, Lord. Help me find my way and be able to get there safely. And it was literally a block from me. But because my mind was running rampant and I was thinking of everything that could happen, 
there was a jail over here with people hanging out in. Of course, I don't speak their language, and they're making noises. I don't know if they're pointing at me, and 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 right. I, I made a poor decision is what I did. Right. But God was able to help me get control of myself and calm. And I noticed a calm and confidence again, where I where I could walk to that place. Now, what are some things that are fearful that's going on in the world today that we're being faced with? You think is impacting people, or might even be impacting you or some of your family? Uh, man, um, right now the coronavirus, COVID, you know, that's a, that's a big thing today. This very week, politics, you know, and the and the future of, um, you know, our country, our world, and and we we discussed this briefly. You know, we don't really know what the future holds. Uh, we, we're not really promised what tomorrow looks like. So that that creates opportunity uh, for fear to come in, for anxiety to come in, and that that knot in your <laughs> chest, you know, where you you don't know how to process that. And I, I would just contend that that is that's fear. That's a spirit of fear that God's not given us, and He is in control. You know, you're reminding me um, that, that my dad's way to handle things was always to fight. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I, I I do believe that was a facade because I never saw him fight. Yeah, but I think that was a mechanism that he used because of his own inadequacies or what he thought he didn't get from life. And, you know, behavior is believable. So whatever we see our parents do or whatever my children saw me do, they're going to model. Yeah. Because because let's face it, my dad loved me. I know that. Right. And he was trying to teach me what he thought success was for him. And his background was his mother died when he was two and a half. She was giving child birth to the seventh child. He was the sixth. His dad remarried within six months. And some of the children were dispersed to family members. And in that new marriage came six daughters pretty quickly. So here's a two and a half year old that probably didn't get the loving and the nurture he needed. So who did he learn to depend on? Himself. Well, he was teaching me that. So guess who God was in my life? <laughs> me. Mm-hmm. And so I, so I, out of that fear, I would portray that I was, I, I'm this strong man, this facade, but inside I was scared to death that somebody would figure out that, wow, John really doesn't have it together. Yeah. You know, he, he, what, what does he do? He pours his life into work. And I did that because I wanted to feel self-worth and self-value when I don't have to do anything for the God in heaven because he loves me as I am. Mm-hmm. And he sent who? His son to die on the cross for my sins. Yeah, so, while we were yet sinners. Yes, so that I could have what? Eternal life. And and that's the one thing that I would I, I, I would ask our, your listeners is, is their focus more on eternal life or a worldly life. Mm-hmm. Because that's going to shape the emotions you feel and how you behave. So the peace and joy that I have 90% of the time that when I'm focused on God and the Holy Spirit's in me is going to be there no matter what's going on around me. You know, but somebody asked me today, well, well, what if socialism takes over? Aren't you fearful how it's going to destroy our country? I hurt for it. And I feel for people. Mm-hmm. But I'm secure in knowing who's I am yeah. and where I'm going. Yeah. And that took really up until the last five years that I've been this comfortable with it. So what I'm thankful for is that God didn't give up on me at all. And because I didn't give up on me and I started to rely on him more, now I'm more secure again in my eternity. And I'm able to walk in faith over fear. Absolutely. So... It- <clears throat> It becomes imperative, based on what we're talking about, that we, if we're going to be mature people, we've got to become somewhat self-aware. Yes. We've got to become people that, uh, you, you've heard it said this way, and it's, it simplifies it, and it, it's, a, it's a powerful simplification uh, to me, um, in the, that or simplification is what I should have said. Um, you know, we react or we respond mm-hmm. react is what comes natural what like i was talking about earlier our emotions lead us to an action that's usually an unhealthy action yes. or we through the grace of god maturity the holy spirit all those things working together with our spirit and our soul we respond 
we choose. And that's been one of the things for me that's been the most empowering is realizing that I don't have anybody to blame. Uh, you know, when you look at the Garden of Eden story, so you got Eve, Eve that, you know, took the fruit, gave it to Adam, you know, uh, he acquiesced and then, you know, ate it with her. And when you, when God comes on the scene, he's like, where are you at? You know, where, where, where are you? And as if God didn't know where they were, right. He, he knew exactly where they were. He knew exactly what was going on. And of course, of course, she blames the serpent. Man blames the woman. There's blame. And what I realized was, man, I'm making these choices. And if I lose my cool today, uh, thankfully, I, I can't remember that I have. But if I had of, I chose the response to what emotions was going on in my heart. I chose that. So that was empowering to me when I realized that because um, if you're blaming people and, and there's, there's somebody else that's responsible for you, then you're actually, you know, a slave to that. You're, you're, you're not in control of your, your emotions. Someone else is or a circumstance is or the devil is. And, and that's not who we are in Christ at all. That's not what we are. Uh, we were created to be. We were actually created to have authority and dominion and these kinds of things on the earth. And that really starts with me. It, it starts with you. You know, personally, I like how you said that. You know, and I, I God uh, never gave up on you, but you never gave up on me. And that was, uh, I'm certain, because of the love of the Father. You know, the way He poured out love on you. Well, you, you're reminding me that when I when I did leave home, because I had conformed to whatever my dad said. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I didn't want to be whipped. I, I didn't want to get in trouble. I didn't think I was good enough. So, uh, you know, whatever he said, I did. You know, I just conformed. But then when I moved out, and I was making pretty good money at 21, 20, 21 years of age, actually managing a Golden Crown Steakhouse. But I wasn't ready for that because I squandered away money. You know, I started... I, and I, I became a rebel, what it boiled down to. So, you know, we, we, and, and I can't blame my father, like you said, now, because I'm, an, I'm of age. Right. And, and so uh, as long as I'm blaming my father or someone else, I'm a victim, right? Correct. And I've made them the villain. And I can become helpless as well. But in this case, I rebelled and drank away money, uh, went in debt, you know, wasn't a good father, wasn't a good husband. And, and I'm, I don't say that to be proud. I, I'm, I'm hurtful of that. I'm not not ashamed anymore. Some regrets sometimes, but God's helped me work through that. And then I was, so I had the license to be God, to be the little God in that mm -hmm. situation. Right. And and then as I got introduced into church about 10 years into the Air Force, I, I, I they may not have said this, but here's how I took it. Here's everything you got to do. Here's everything you don't do. You do everything you're supposed to do and don't do the things over here. You'll get into heaven. So now it becomes legalistic. It's a check mark. Mm -hmm. And I got tired of trying to meet them to be perfect. And so, again, I fell by the wayside. Because there's no need for me to do it. I mean, these are the rules. There's no way I can do them. And then finally, through some wonderful mentoring and, and men and women of God, they said, no, 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 God, look, it's, it's about being liberated. God liberates you. And what I'm thankful for is, you know, when, when you got saved, what did you do? You repented and stepped out on faith. Well, now what I'm thankful of is I'm still going to slip, trip, and fall. But what I love is God is such an awesome, loving God, full of grace and mercy, that he blows the whistles when I step out of bounds. And here's all he wants me to do. Repent. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Father. Now, this is what I do now. Thank you for pointing that out to me. Thank you for this situation because I know you're growing me to become more Christ-like. And then I walk in faith. So it's that daily walk of being liberated and repent in faith, repent in faith. And, and I loved how you said it, is that I can no longer blame others. Yeah. I make the choice. And if I sit around and become helpless, like I'm seeing some folks do in this situation, what's one action you can take? Get in God's word, and what's one action you can take according to his word that's going to break you out of that helplessness or help you realize your role in the situation by even though you're a victim and, and you're villainizing someone else? Because here's the bottom line. Behavior's a choice. I choose my behavior. My behavior either has a payoff that's 
productive and helpful to me and others or it's a cost and it's destructive and hurtful to me and others. And what I want to be able to do at the end of the day is see where my behavior, my behavior, what, what God allowed me to go through with my parents, what God's allowed me to go through with the loss of a daughter, that all of that was meant for me to lean into God and to be transformed more into the likeness of Christ so that I can glorify him, love others, whether they love in me or not, mm-hmm. and I can reach the lost. And that's kind of how I measure my day to say, hey, God, there, um, w- w- where I didn't glorify you and my behavior was a cost, mm-hmm. thank you for pointing that out to me because this is what you want to change about me yeah. so I can represent you better. Yeah, and I think that's a powerful thing too because back to kind of how I opened up the, the podcast, he's kind about it. Mm. It's not a, you know, condescending, angry finger he's pointing at you. It's a son that he loves. He, you reminded me, he, it, it's, it's like my grand, grandmother. She was nurturing. Yeah. It, 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 you know, I'm not going to condemn you. And, and that was one thing that God taught me about. I would go into condemnation. I, I remember playing baseball and, and I would make an error and I would write with my foot, you suck in the dirt. You, you suck. I, I would go right into condemnation. And God doesn't want to condemn us. He wants to convict us so that he can see the error of our ways and then show us how to overcome that. Yeah. So I love how you said kindness. He nurtures us is what he does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and some of the things you pointed out just then uh, brought up something in my heart that I want to address just to the, the podcast listeners, because uh, it's important for me to communicate that this podcast is not about blaming uh, your father your earthly father for all the problems you have. Uh, that, that's not the intention at all. Um, it is about connecting with the brokenness that you may have had from that and empowering you to choose and have that kind of relationship with your heavenly father where you realize that you may have had an angry father. You may have had a condescending uh, or absent father. Yes. There's so many directions. There's a lot of combinations and, and I know good people. Just this week, I had a, a powerful conversation with a friend of mine. She had a great dad, but the, he was imperfect. Yep. And that, that small imperfection the enemy had used against her in, in, in making decisions. It, it, you know, it, she was having trouble making a decision that was, by all accounts, everybody she was confiding in with the decision. It was an easy decision to make. It was a good decision to make. She just felt afraid to make the decision, uh, and it was. And she traced it back to, you know, this this part of the way my dad did things. Right. Attached that to her, and so that's that. That's another thing about the podcast. Just to point out, it is about empowering you, and that's the kind of father that we have. And I guarantee you, there's many of you. If you're drawn to this podcast, there's something in you. That, that God wants to heal, that God wants to move from a place of brokenness to a place of wholeness, uh, to a place of, in, from a place of insecurity to a place of yes. security. And just this week, um, I, I was thinking about the, um, and I'm sure I read this, but, you know, there's self-confidence, John, and then there's confidence. Okay. And, and, and specifically what I mean is, you know, we, there's a lot of teaching, a lot of self-help and I'm, you know, we're both self-help kind of people. We read those kinds of books, listen to those kinds of podcasts, whatever. But at the end of the day, the difference with us, I believe is that we, we take that to God and, and he helps us and he actually builds our confidence. So, I'm not just walking in. I can walk in self-confidence, but it's it's not dependable. It's not consistent right. uh, because we're fallible. But we're we've got a Father in heaven that is infallible. He doesn't Amen. change. He he doesn't. Uh, he's not one way today and a different way tomorrow, which is uh, the way I was raised. You know, just in a volatile situation right. where you don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next. That's not who he is at all. So he, 
he imparts things to us. He loves us where we're at. And that's kind of dad, dad, heavenly dad. Uh, that's another podcast episode in itself, just the term dad and attaching that to God. People get offended by that. But if you read the Bible, I'm a father, that's really the same um, terminology that we would use in the English language or Papa. And so um, I just see a, such, such a need for uh, us to grasp who the father really is, who our father is truly is because it will change uh so many things in your life that's right uh so john what's um close us out with with uh some one final admonition to our our audience here just uh something you believe they could learn and dive into in, in their relationship with our father god yeah that I, I think number one brian what's become clear to me is um through my relationship now with my heavenly father and recognizing he came to earth as a, as a human being in Jesus Christ and, you know, lived that perfect life and modeled the way for success for us and died for our sins, but then left us inside of us, the Holy Spirit, someone to guide us is that you're going to slip, you're going to trip, you're going to fall. What I ask you to do is accept and love yourself until I could accept that, other people around me were, I, I didn't have to compete with them. I didn't have to compare myself to them. I didn't have to show them up. And, and I understood the gifts that God gave me. And gift is an acronym for God's image, fulfill talent. So you are made in God's image to fulfill your talent and service to others. And that's the way you glorify it. So what I ask you is that self-talk that you have that is negative, that beats you down if you have it. Take it to God. Write it down. Paul tells us to, to capture our, our thoughts and take them to God and compare it to his word. You, you're not going to find that negative conversation about you in God's word. God does not see you in that light. And when you hear other people do it, you don't have to correct them, but you can be truthful and kind and say, you know, I, 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 that, that's, that's not the way God sees you. And I think what I'm taking away from your fatherful is that those, of, that those of us men that are led by the Holy Spirit that have accepted Jesus and rely on God, that we can become father figures on this earth, whether they're our children or not. Yeah. And, and I want to thank you through our breakfasts that we have at Cracker Barrel a couple of times a month. You know, you've been able to mentor and guide me and help me see things in God's word that I didn't recognize before. So thank you for fathering me and being a shepherd to me right well uh, it's my honor and that's uh that's the way, exactly the way i feel about i said this to you one day you know i i was confiding in you some things and um and i told you like this is if i if i had a good dad this is what i'd want to talk about right now Thank you know you, so um that's that's what father falls about is building those kind of relationships yeah. Uh, and, and it not just being a formality, not just a, just some you know sign we put on a wall somewhere, but being organic. And uh, I, I've told many people this through the years, but my my grandfather, we called him Papa. Um, he was not a man of many words. Uh, he was very much a man. He's a strong man. He was a logger by trade. Wow. So, you know, he was very familiar with. Uh, the, the business end of a chainsaw and, and, a, and a lot of other things. He didn't start off that way. He started off with mules and trying, yeah, the, the old school way. Uh, but he had a way of loving people and, and gave our family so much character um, on my mom's side. And so that, that in itself has just been inspirational to me. Good. And, uh, and turning that out into the world. You know, and, and it made me who I am. It was it was a contribution, like you said, with your your grandmother and your mom, and then your dad. You know, they were they all contributed to to who you are and, right. and forming your personality and even, even your gifts. And, and and some of that was not all that was good. That's right. But now, God, uh, I can honestly say, and I know you can too. 
I, I wouldn't want to go relive some of that, but I am thankful for the experience that I've been able to glean from it. And this is how I'll close uh, to the audience. Uh, we're saying a lot. We've got a lot to say, John. We, you know, we, <laughs> we, we can talk up a story. Yeah, we've been all over the place tonight. It's been fun, though. You know, it really has. Uh, but, you know, be, be brave enough to reflect on your life. Uh, have the courage to investigate your emotions like John was talking about. When you feel something, have the courage to, to dive into that. And not alone. The, the, go into that conversation with your father. Like you were talking about. So, so perfect, John. Father, thank you for pointing this out. And, and help me, you know, I repent, but help me to reshape my behavior in a way that's pleasing to you and also loves people. And, you know, that is beneficial to the people around me that I'm doing my very best to love on. Well, you're reminding me of, you know, I, I can't do anything to earn becoming saved, my, you know, my salvation. Right. That's through grace. But once I am saved, then the work I do, does it produce fruit? And the way I define the fruit is just the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. And, you know, that's another great way is to sit down once a week or twice a week, every day if you choose to, and just write the fruit of the Spirit down the middle of the page. On the left side, just identify where you are understanding kind. All the fruit. Identify that situation. On the other side, write down where you weren't. Yeah. And then thank God. That those are the situations he wants to use for you to become better, to better represent him. And I think you said it the other day is um, we're imperfect. We're always going to be imperfect. I, I learned to accept that. And I'm thankful for my imperfections. Uh, I, I also um, live in an imperfect world. We can see that the world is falling down around us. God's word is being lived out right now before us. Just this week, the, the, they closed the prayer out in, in the house with amen and a woman. I never thought I would see anything like that in my life. And then guess what? I'm making imperfect progress because that's how God grows me. So accept and love yourself. And, and Brian, this has been a joy tonight. And thank you for allowing me to come on here and share and, and help you uh, launch your vision. And I'm so thankful for uh, you and the vision God's planted on your heart and actually growing fathers here on earth but by relying on our father in heaven. Yeah. Amen. Um, so that, that being said, we want you to check out, uh, we'll, we'll be making announcements about this, but we want you to find uh, the, the uh, JB and Papa G show that we'll be launching in just a few weeks. We Tell are, them the subtitle. Tell them the subtitle. Uh, yeah, so real people, real issues, and real solutions. Glad you pointed that out. Because we, we want to dig down into where uh, um, people really live and, and talk about issues, some similar to what we talked about tonight. Uh, we're going to have guests on there and, and, and kind of have a really cool format that we're excited about. And, um, and you know, I, I think the beauty behind it is is you and I are learning and 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 we're not experts by any means, but we're learning to go to God's word for any and every situation, good, bad, and indifferent. And how do you use that word to, for, to, to solve solutions? How, how do you use that word to rejoice when something doesn't go right, like the death of a child, the loss of a mom? How about COVID with people in the hospital for 30, 60 days on ventilators? How do you, as God calls us to do, rejoice in all things? Right. And those are some of the topics that we will cover along with grief and anger and depression and, and rejection and fear and self-worth. How, how do you use God's word to pour that into your heart so that God can transform you and, and you can be that representative here on, on earth of what's in heaven? Yeah, absolutely. So check it out. The JB and Papa G Show. Real people, real issues, real solutions. Coming at you soon. <laughs> John, close us out in prayer, man. Yeah, so Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to, to share what you have taught Brian and I. And Father, I just thank you for Brian coming into my life and, and for, for him and I being able to get together and share our hearts and mentor each other. And Father, we know people are hurting in this world and 
And uh, as I've discovered, Brian's discovered, many other people have that you're the solution, Father, for helping people have peace and joy on the inside while everything in the world is pouring down around them. Father, too many times people compare themselves to others. They look for external things to give them self-worth and self-value. And that's living in the world, Lord. That's living in the world. Their identity is in external things and they can't keep up. They become frustrated. They become burned out. They lose marriages. They, they turn to addictions. And Father, that's not what you want. However, Father, you, you've told us that, that when we're connected to you and our identity is in you, Lord, and we're connected to that vine, even though we'll slip, trip and fall, we'll sin, Lord, that we can come to you and repent, and you're going to restore us and use that, Father, to transform us. So, Father, the truly only thing that's going to give us peace and joy is you and your word and accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior and allowing you, Father, to renew our minds and help us use your word to be that, reflect your image onto others, so, Father, that they feel your love. So, Father, we thank you for the listeners tonight, and we thank you for the opportunity to share your word. And we ask all this, Father, in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being a part of the Fatherful podcast. Thanks for listening. And as I like to say to close it out, I say this in emails and so many things, blessings to you. And we'll see you soon. Peace and grace.